Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is still out on the assignment. I'm getting officially nervous now. Uh, I'm not sure if he's either retired. I don't know if this is a message that he literally quit on us. I just got to check. But he's assured me that he's business. He did turn in his paperwork, so, you know, he has time <laughs> served, I guess. So we brought in our pinch hitter, clinical professor, and Drew. Uh, the paperwork side is still waiting in the provost's office. No, I just checked. I understand it went to the president's office. So you got the signature provost in the president's office. Once we get the signature, we'll come back and put you, put you on tenure track, baby. You'll be ready. <laughs> Hey, Drew, Drew, the best round to pick up an extra class. I said, Drew, the best round to pick up an extra class. I've been honored in it forever, so I might as well start teaching it. That's what it goes. They be like, hey, um, teach this class. Welcome to episode 358 Inside HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU diets for all things HBC sports from institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. We call it simply HBC sports pedagogy. Working on some shirts on that, so we have them coming to you. Caps as well going through different renditions and things of that, you know, I really want them just perfect. I've tested some stuff out. We have some loose ends here and there, but uh, having signatures and things like that put on them and the packaging has to be just right. But it's coming. It's coming. I'm your host, Dr. Niata Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bissett. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, multi-Hall of Famer, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency uh, is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, we kind of joked and open around, but let me have my protocols. Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dr. Gill, as I check my schedule for the upcoming weekend. I got a nice you know, uh, HBCU basketball schedules, especially looking at some things like HBCU dog and then, of course, got those playoffs this weekend. So I'm excited. I'm excited coming into the weekend. Man, you sound fired up and ready. Yeah. That yeah. AD Drew, how you doing today? Man, I'm just as excited. You know, I get to be on the Warhouse Clock Call this weekend on HBCU B Pass Plus at the Black College Sports Network. And if that can't get you excited about basketball, HBCU basketball, the battle of the AU, then you need to find another sport to follow. Yes, yes, yes. Man, you get the spoil. That's going to be nice one, man. The battle of Atlanta. Speaking of Atlanta, I got something to share out there. We're going to take it off the courts, though. We're going to take it to the diamond. In See how I set you up for that? Yeah, you set me up. That's why, that's, <laughs> why, that's why I told you. I've sent the paperwork in. I promise you. I signed off. The paperwork's in. I know you're good. I've done all the homework back and told everybody. I said, no, we need him on the team. He's, he's good. He's going to be dynamic with the students. That's what he does. He's tremendous. They say, oh, really? Yes. I say, yes. With that being said, talking about Atlanta, 
Uh, the ping of the bats, as they say, is heading to Atlanta. You know how I feel about Atlanta for the swag. I've been saying this for decades, really. Uh, maybe not that long in terms of two decades, 15 years or so after I did the study for the commissioner, Dr. Charles McCullough, when he was the vice president of athletics over here at Texas Southern University. And things have worked out in that manner such that baseball will be the first sport that is played in Atlanta from a Southwestern Athletic Conference perspective. 2023, SWAC baseball tournament set to be held in Atlanta. When I got this news a couple of weeks ago, couldn't release it here, but I was excited. I was like, man, this is what I've been talking about. Marketplace, um, pretty much a one-year deal, but you never know once things get started. Southwestern Athletic Conference has announced that the upcoming 2023 SWAC baseball tournament, slated for May 24th to the 28th, will be hosted in downtown Atlanta at Mac Nice Baseball Mark at Russ Chandler Stadium. Quote, we're extremely excited to host our upcoming baseball tournament in the city of Atlanta, said SWAC Commissioner Dr. Charles McClendon. Quote, aside from what we envision being an extremely exciting and competitive baseball tournament, the city of Atlanta undoubtedly will offer our fans and supporters a wide variety of leisure, recreational activities, restaurants, and health hotel accommodations, end quote. Quote, Atlanta is a unique city that has established a worldwide reputation of one of the top tourist destinations in the country, while also featuring a large demographic of alumnus from SWAC member institutions, making this agreement truly a win-win for our league. We'd like to extend sincere thanks to the city of Atlanta, mayor's office, along with the Atlanta Fulton County Recreation Authority, that's AFCRA, for the unwavering support of the historic partnership. Mm. Big, big, big news to me in a lot of ways. Obviously, with the city having an interest, as you can tell from this code here, that they uh, sought to have swag there when they were looking at different places to be. I'm going to go to you, Charles, as you follow baseball, much like myself, travel around the swag for different venues, swag, different cities, even some home sites at times for the tournament. What are your thoughts in terms of this move? Oh, this is huge. This is huge, uh, especially for visibility of swag baseball, because uh, we know Atlanta and the Atlanta metro area is a huge epicenter uh, for baseball, especially for players uh, in and around the swag, as well as the SIAC. Uh, I mean, they really farm out players all over uh, the South and Southeast. So this is huge in terms of visibility for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Yeah, baseball is pretty big in Atlanta. With, you know, obviously MLB, uh, the Braves, mm -hmm. obviously – Atlanta's team out, so they're outside of Atlanta. Um, but the SIC, which I'm asked AD Drew about, has a significant presence of baseball with a lot of African American and black players in that area playing baseball from the youth league all the way up and continue to play baseball. And as you just talked about, Charles, that they farm it out in a lot of ways throughout the SWAC and other um, players that go to different places as well. Um, it's fascinating to see when you think about the, some of the great players that you've seen in the SWAC from Atlanta. It's a great point mm -hmm. in terms of what that looks like. So with that, A.D. Drew, obviously with um, how much you're connected, and you even talked about that in terms of the big game this weekend at the Division II, and you write for the SIC for football uh, and still do a lot of different things. You know, outside of that lens, understanding the Atlanta marketplace from various different things that you've done, what are your thoughts on this move? of Atlanta uh, hosting the SWAC baseball tournament. I, I love it. Number one, it's, it's, a short, it's a short drive for me, shorter than Birmingham was for me. We, let's start off with the obvious. Huh? That's the selfish hit. But outside of that, let's, let's take it off the dive. Atlanta for HBCU alone is a destination city. Also, when you factor in that a lot of pro athletes retire to the Atlanta metro area. So you think about that, you think about all the other culture and everything that, that you have in Atlanta. It's not Celebration Bowl-esque, but it will be in, in its own genre. And if this happens to be a longer term agreement with the city of Atlanta, you know, I think this, this is something that could be great. You know, it is it is at Georgia Tech Stadium, so you know that's 
it's centrally located. That's 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 something that's that's great about it. Right off of I-75, 7585 mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Pl plenty of hotels. You can go you can go stay at a five hundred dollar night hotel, or you can stay at a hundred dollar night hotel and still be the same distance from the ballpark where that ballpark is located at. So just depends mm -hmm. on your taste. And you know, I, I hate to say it, the traffic will be just as bad coming from hundred dollar hotel to a five hundred dollar hotel when you get in Atlanta. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, with with, with the culture, mm -hmm. with 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 everything else that goes on in that city, not that far from the AU Center. I mean, you're probably talking, and I'm going off the top of my head, maybe eight miles from the AU Center. It's less than ten miles from the AU Center and the West End of Atlanta with those neighborhoods. You, you talk about. Redan High School, one of the uh, black high schools that dominate in uh, Georgia. Uh, Alex White, a friend of the show, uh, used to be the head coach over there and has taken his team to many state championships. Minority Baseball Prospects, another entity that we partner with, ba uh, based there in Atlanta. You know, I could see this becoming a huge cultural event. Not for us, Doc, not for you, not for, not for our age, but for the youth to get a chance to see these kids play and aspire to be like these kids from the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Man, good comments from both uh, real um, notable comments in terms of how you broke that down. Let me go back to you, Charles. What's some other news of the day that has captured yeah. this week? Right. Yeah, this news is from Nashville, Tennessee State football program. They have announced a home-and-home -home series, one of the top programs in the football subdivision, and the Tigers will host – uh, and go to North Dakota State University in 2024 and 2025. The Tigers will travel to Fargo to take on NDSU uh, inside the Fargo Dome on September 7, 2024. And the Bison will make a return trip to Nashville to take on Tennessee State uh, inside Nissan Stadium on September 6, 2025. So Tennessee State with a home and home, you don't see that with North Dakota State, uh, uh, that will be taking place in 2024 and 2025. Good deal, good deal. Football always finds its way into the conversation. Always. It seem <laughs> no matter what part of the year, something's going to be said. With that, Drew, uh, what else is on your mind in terms of HBCU news? Actually, I want to take it slightly away from HBCU news and uh, give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the uh, the Zoom that you were on today at, with the uh, NCAA Transformation Committee. I had the pleasure of listening in on the conversation, but I think I would be remiss if I took up time talking about it and give you this time before our first break to let you kind of talk about some of the things that went on in that conversation from an HBCU perspective, Doc. I appreciate that, man. That's two fastballs in a row, man. I'm going to make sure that uh, I need to go see if I can get the paper back and make sure I put the right number in there in terms of your, <laughs> your, your salary. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing better than I even thought, uh, bringing some of those grants to the table, they say, around these parts. Um, yes, I had the opportunity to speak on a panel um, for the Knights Commission um, and part of subset of that, uh, what they call the Drake Group. Um, and I should say the Knight Commission does, does studies oftentimes with the Drake Group finances or supports and, and uses that data. But this is from the Drake Group. Um, and they had a panel that was discussing the future of the NCA, the transformation or preservation of the status quo. Um, this is a webinar um, series they have, but this particular series was looking at critical issues in college athletics uh, as they have done this a couple of times. But obviously with the transformation committee, um, final part of the study they released, and then they uh, ultimately approved this past weekend at the NCA meeting, they approved everything that was out in the transformation committee. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that moves forward as they have a couple of things as part of the vote was for things to go back to committees of particular sports. So you have some other news that trickle out. Obviously, we talked about the potential expansion of, of uh, NCAA tournaments of 25%, and obviously a lot of people picked on uh, the basketball tournament, meaning it could move to 90. You also have Title IX, part of it, uh, where the NCAA will be essentially creating uh, a 
women's version of the WNIT and put some financial support behind it where you can get revenue associated playing with it. But uh, one of the roles that I really played in there was to provide a perspective and a viewpoint uh, regarding HBCU. So Drew, you saw it, so hopefully I did its justice in terms of what that looked like. Um, the biggest thing I talked about was the concern that the Transformation Committee, uh, while they um, pushed forward with some ideas, maybe they didn't go far enough, particularly how it needed to look in terms of equity. And obviously, when we talk about equity, a lot of people talk about ethnicity, race, religion, and things of that nature, uh, which is one important of it. But I've always uh, spoke about equity also in terms of institutions, particularly what we would refer to as black spaces, black institutions, i.e. historically black college universities. So that was the biggest thing that I tried to make sure I brought to the table. Um, they seem to be um, acknowledgeable, at least I should say, about my viewpoints uh, that I put on the table and really were intrigued about some of the things that I put on the table in terms of the talk. So it's recorded. I can see if I can get it out to the people for those that couldn't uh, catch it live. Um, we'll come back on the other side after this break, maybe the second part of the show, and I can get your viewpoint on some things that you heard in there uh, in terms of what you thought concerns. I like, as we were off the mic, one of the things you talked about, how you got to see a different perspective with so much of our focus obviously being on HBCUs. With that said, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Uh, we'll come back and break down the women's top five poll rankings. Not much change in there, but just some changes. So we'll give you what that looks like and come back uh, in the third quarter, talking about women's basketball. Uh, we'll bring you the men's uh, top five at the mid-major level. And then we'll close up about some matchups and things to keep your eyes on as the basketball season keeps churning and it's getting interesting week. Bye week. Stiglitz will be right back after this break. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Let's get back to getting takes instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin since 2002 empowerment resources Inc a nonprofit organization has empowered more than 1500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties through its programs journey into womanhood girls mentoring life skills for teens and parenting education coaching to get involved with programs volunteer or donate visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org follow us on social media facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowerment j-a-x <laughs> If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love you, and who the So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC 
Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment. We have AD Drew. So let's get into it. As series night day, we're going to start with the women's mid-major division, NAIA and NCAA. Uh, in terms of how we do the polls, you all know around these parts. And so we have one team that dropped out of this week, uh, which was Philander Smith, 10-4, 2-2, dropping out this week, but receiving votes was Miles Bears. Those Lady Bears down there are getting it done at 9-4, 6-3 with 15 points just outside of the top five. Philander Smith still gets some votes, even though they dropped out this week. Panthers, uh, NIA. Getting moving forward 10 and 4 and 2 and 2 after a big weekend of games. But we have a new team in the top five, and they come in debuting at number five. None other than the Russ Bearcats. 10 and 3, 130 points, not ranked. Yes, Charles. Uh, you, you, you're going to make sure that you can show out a little bit on this one. Yeah, uh, I get to keep my house. Well deserved. <laughs> Bearcats are getting it done in so many different ways, so they deserve to be in the top ten. We'll make sure. Make we sure you said this to Coach Green also, uh, Dr. Kabir. Yeah, I'm going to let him know. Uh, he put in a lot of work. And kudos for him putting in the work, but at the same time, he does HBCU nightly, and he gets up there and shares a perspective we don't always hear at the NIA level uh, putting in some work. West Virginia State Yellow Jackets, 13 and 2, 8 and 2, 36 points. Uh, remaining at number four. Uh, as we get into it, we go to number three. Back into the NIA. Florida Memorial Alliance out of Florida, as you can see. 12 and 5, 7 and 1. They're just rolling. 41 points remain at number three, bringing us to number two. We go back to a Division II program out of the SIAC Savannah State Tigers, 11 and 3, 7 and 2. Two first place votes, 56 points. Number two with the ranking here. At number one, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 14 and 3, 11 and 1. Four first place votes, 58 points. Getting it done, the Golden Tigers there. You don't see the CIAA. That's just because they're playing well and solid, but they tend to beat up on each other. We'll see if they can continue to move and maybe somebody can separate themselves and find a way in the top five. But with that being said, I'm going to start with you, Drew, this week. You know, usually I go to Charles, uh, but uh, he's giddy and excitement, so I'm going to make him wait and ponder a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to go to you, A.D. Drew. What are your thoughts on the women's top five in week number two? Well, I think it's, it's appropriate that you should come to me first since my alma mater is at the top of the polls and Charles's wife's <laughs> alma mater is sitting down there at number five. So I, I just want to make sure there's a certain pecking order that we need to have here when we have these discussions. But, <laughs> Get back to the serious well nature. Said, well said. Get back to the serious nature of this, though. Uh, SIC top two spots in the inside the HBC, uh, HBCU Sports Lab huddle report. You know that's kind of it. With Tuskegee having the head-to-head victory yeah. over the Savannah State Tigers, but let's talk about the Lions out there Great for point. the m- m- memorial. Those who do not follow NAIA basketball. Do not realize how tough that Sun Conference is that Florida Memorial is competing in. And they are, for lack of a better word, dominating the Sun Conference. I want to talk about another team that's dominating their conference. And that's West Virginia State dominating the Mountain East Conference, which is on the Division II level, one of those top conferences that you always see Multiple teams uh, get bids out of when it comes time for the playoffs and actually getting out of the regional round. So, you know, no, no offense to the Russ Bearcats with the GCAC because the GCAC, the, the top couple of teams, I mean, you've got Russ, you've got Philander, and you've got Fisk. Did somebody say Fisk was uh, back in the basketball business on the women's side this year? So, mm. you know, with Talladega mm. being down this year, having, having lost their coach and a lot of their players, you know, it's uh, it's there for Russ to take it this year. I'll turn it over to you, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I'll start off. Kudos to Tuskegee. Kudos to Savannah State. Uh, SIAC uh, represent well at the top of the polls. But let me say it loud enough. How about those Russ College Bearcats? Whoa! Did she hear you? They won five. <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure she heard. How about those Russ College Bearcats? <laughs> they won five in a row. Come again. <laughs> And number five in Dr. Bill's poll, but and doing it on the defensive end. They're number one in 
GCAC at stopping opponents. They're only surrendering 58.3 points per game. So they're doing it on the defensive end. They rebound the ball very well. So uh, definitely, I like to see those first college Bearcats climbing in the polls. Great point, great point when you talk about uh, those matchups. And I like the way that you made sure that you, you um, <laughs> exercise uh, your point of clarification about Russ uh, <laughs> in that model. With, with that being said, let's get into it a little bit um, in regards to uh, some of these teams that are playing well. I'm going to go to you, A.D. Drew. Uh, what has been your framework of the SIC compared to CIAA on the women's side uh, this year? Tuskegee Savannah continue to be the class of the SIAC. You see, they, the SIAC has about four or five good women's teams. When you throw in Lane, when you throw Miles into the conversation also. So, you know, the SIAC, it's, it's going to be interesting come tournament time, especially with the power on the on the West, because Savannah is really pretty much going to have an easy role in the East, uh, getting the East handle. But the West is going to be where the competition is going to be. But like you said, Dr. Gavir, you've got the CIAA just whooping up on each other. I mean, Clafter gets on the run, they get knocked, they get knocked out. Winston-Salem get on the run. They get knocked out. What about the team up north, Lincoln PA? They get on the run. They get knocked out. And I believe Fayetteville State, maybe on the, on the women's side, also is do, is is doing good. So you know, Baltimore, that gauntlet that's going to occur in Baltimore in February in that CIAA, man. I mean, I, I need I need to get there. I'm hoping I can clear my schedule to get there. To the uh, to the CIAA, then scoop back to Savannah straight down I ninety five to the SIAC that following weekend. Well, I, I, mean, the, honest, I, I mean, like you wanted to jump in there with some additional stuff. Yeah, although I'm happy for us, I, I I do notice. I mean, Lincoln has won seven on a row. Uh, you know, they and I, and to your point, you know, they're they're beating up on each other over in the CIAA, but they've won seven in a row, seven and one in conference play, two and zero in division. So. If there's a team that warrants some discussion, definitely being in the top five, it's got to be Lincoln. I like Lincoln, and they had a strong season last year as they closed things off, so they're back at it. I think they are going to find a way to stretch mm -hmm. even a couple of more wins and really put themselves in a position uh, that they'll probably receive them, receiving some votes as early as next week if they don't find a way to sneak in that top five, depending on what the top five teams do. So great points when you talk about what that looks like. Uh, let's go off the radar a little bit since we're talking about NIA. Um, and when I say that, I'm just saying um, let's focus a little more on some of the teams out of the NIA, whether you're looking at over in the Red River uh, Athletic Conference with some of the teams over there, Wiley, Paul Quinn, just to name a few of them. And then obviously you have Langston, which is doing well on the men's side, but in terms of Sooner Athletic Conference. And then you have the all HBCU Conference, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. They just started uh, playing those round robins where they get in the conference. So, uh, Drew, uh, what are your thoughts in terms of what that may look like? I know they're just kind of starting that, um, and a lot of that was on the men's side. You broke it down. But what do you kind of see on the women's side before we get into the next poll where we look at the men? I thought it was interesting that Philander lost two of their three in this first roundup. Despite that good start they had, they lost to Tougaloo. And they lost to Fisk. And I I said it jokingly, but Fisk is a team that we have not heard from in a long time. And has anybody looked at Fisk's record this year? You know, they are they are right there and they're sitting behind Rust and Philander. Actually, I believe they are technically ahead of Philander in the in the GCAC and you know, you're talking about a fist team. I believe they are at nine and five right now. When is the last time we talked about fist being above five hundred at this point in time in the season? It's it's been a minute. Yeah, it, it it's really That's been true. a minute. One thing I wanted to bring out to you, Doctor Bill, I applaud you for having a combined poll, Division Two and NAIA, and actually you've got two NAIAs in the top five and another one receiving votes. So of the seven that you had on the screen, three of them are, were NAIA, 
And those three got more love than our beloved CIAA. So I could be in you and your voters for actually recognizing that they do play basketball on the NAIA level. Yeah, I know, because oftentimes the CIAA, particularly for the history, deserves that credit. But sometimes that what we call East Coast bias, even though they're not in the East Coast, but it slides down to that <laughs> Atlantic uh, uh, coast right there, if you would, in terms of whether it's the Mid-Eastern Conference or uh, the Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association uh, in terms of the CIAA. So it's fascinating to make sure um, there was an intriguing conversation. I won't go too far with this as we're getting ready to get in this break, but there was an intriguing conversation last night on HBC Nightly it talked about the top three or four teams out of CIAA could compete uh, for a championship in the MEAC, not just compete. They said compete for a championship. And I tried to tell them that the grind of playing at the Division One level with the scholarships is a major difference that I'm not sure people really give credit for. And this is not to say that the CIAA isn't good because it's one of the best Division II conferences out there, but there is a significant difference between the two levels. I'm not saying that a Division II team can't beat a Division I team. Um, certainly there are occasions where that happens in terms of talent, but the grind over a week to week. Now, the second part of that obviously was if the facilities and if they moved up and got the scholarship list. Yeah, I'm open for that. That's totally a different conversation to me because now you're talking about equity in terms of the scholarships, which is going to allow you to build in that depth and recruit at that level where you could get a couple of players are certainly in terms of a game to play at that level. But when you start talking about the depth and having to go in the substitution rotation at the division two level, it tends to fall off a little quicker than what you see. So with that, let's get into our break, come back on the other side. Uh, we'll get into the men's. And then if y'all have some comments on that, I'll allow you to jump in that as well, because we'll be able to run down the men's top five uh, pretty succinctly as well. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Great dialogue going on uh, with some folks not excited about the uh, baseball tournament going to Atlanta, frankly, Georgia. Uh, talk about that the center of the SPAC is Mississippi and Louisiana. Don't disagree mm. with that. I think that is true. But there is the business of the sport. And I think sometimes we have to get to the point where we don't just go uh, where we want to be, but we go where people make sure that the transactions suggest that we should be there. It has to be financially beneficial. We have to get out of the point where we're just going to have a good time and party because that's going to be uh, more than that. Um, you have cities and sports authorities that are financing the viability to go. Then there's a part of this that I put out there that's important also is that uh, you also have to make sure that you're understanding that the coaches have a voice and there's certain things that they may see about a facility uh, and playing surfaces that you may not even take into consideration uh, as just a general fan. With that, we'll be right back after this break, and we'll get into the men's mid-major top five poll rankings in week number two. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? 
<laughs> oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Lab with A.D. Drew and Charles Bishop, uh, giving the updates and some thoughts as we talk in the break. I know you wanted to add one other thing in terms of when you talk about marketplace, it needs something that is consideration that people may want to think about. What was that, AD? Oh, we just talked about uh, the baseball tournament in Atlanta and just the fact that every HBCU, specifically the SWAC, SIAC, and a lot of CIAA schools have a large alumni base in Atlanta, usually some of the largest, probably if you rank them, usually one of your top three largest alumni chapters are probably based in Atlanta. I know for uh, Florida A&M University, that's probably one of our largest alumni base. Uh, Tuskegee, that is our largest alumni base is Atlanta number one, Birmingham number two, as far as uh, alumni chapters. So, I mean, when you think about it, Jack, just think about Jackson State when they showed up to the uh, – to the celebration bowl or when Alcorn went to the celebration bowl for, for, for all those years, you know, you think all those folks came from Mississippi, Louisiana, everything else. No, you had a lot of people who was in Atlanta and in Charlotte and, and places like that who were able to come over who are already in that area because, you know, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, you know, those are just places down in the South that our HBCU alumni tend to migrate to at some point in time in their career. That's where the jobs are. That's where the jobs are. <laughs> the jobs are. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta, which Houston, is your Dallas. Is your I mean, yeah. those are, those are right. probably they the top three, if I'm wrong. No, that's what yeah. – they had a study with the SWAG that the top markets for HBCU alumni associations were those three. In some order, mm. pretty much those three, certainly five uh, cities were in the top five spots, Dallas, Houston, and Atlanta. Let's get into this mid-major market uh, and uh, mid-major uh, division. I'm still thinking about marketplace. I'm talking about the market, though. Uh, dropping out this week. Nobody dropped out. So you have the top five programs, uh, but you do have some change of the vote. So um, not a lot of changes. It's steady already in week number two. We'll see what happens here. A team uh, did lose some votes in terms of first place. We'll see how that affected things. Uh, but nobody dropped out this week. And you see receiving votes. Or Philander Smith Panthers, 13-2, 3-1. Golden Tigers are doing relatively well on both sides. Women at the top, men are in the hunt as they're 13-3, and 7-2. And Miles Golden Bears sit at 11-4, oh, 4-0 at 13 points, receiving votes, trying to get in that top five. Let's get in the top five. When you have number five, Virginia State Trojans, 14-4, 7-2, 43 points at number five, at number four. Four, as we get into the mix of bumping up things, staying right there, that fourth spot is the Claflin Panthers out of the CIAA. So you see two of your CIAA teams are in the mix. Uh, they've been cracking heads with each other, bumping heads, but they still 
are doing relatively well in the mix. They're sitting at 12 and 2, 4 and 2, 58 points at number four. Then we go to the independent, uh, looking at uh, number three, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets at 15 and 1 and 9 and 1, 63 points. You see, I have the wrong nickname there for Tougaloo. Uh, we'll make sure we get this straight, sitting at 15 and 1, 4 and 0. Uh, Bulldogs there getting it done with three first place votes. While I didn't get the nickname correct, I did make sure they got credit for the extra vote they got this week, 75, as they're creeping up a little bit to their number one spot. Uh, can they continue to push the envelope uh, in terms of what gets done there? And number one, Langston Lions, 17 and one uh, in terms of what they look like that with 11 points. So they lose their um, first game of the year, conference play. They were on the road when they got it done, uh, when, when it got done to them, I guess you should say. So they're sitting at 11 and one in the conference race, still a strong, still a top. 10 team at the NIA level, sitting at 77 points, uh, remaining at number one, but the gap has closed a little bit when you talk about uh, them at 77 points and five first-place votes. I'm going to stick with you, Charles, this time, going with you first uh, to see what your thoughts in terms of the top five. Obviously, not changing a team falling out, but changing the first-place votes. But just overall, um, what are your thoughts in terms of the mid-major on the men's side in week number two? Yeah, I tend to go with what you had there on the men's side. That was a good poll. Uh, I particularly take note of Tougaloo. I mean, Tougaloo, a tremendous team. They can score. They're averaging almost 83 points a game, 15-1 and one thus far in the season. Uh, what stands out for me with regards to them, they're 8-0 at home thus far. And that GCAC tournament will be in Jackson. So I, that's just something I'm I'm following way in the back of my head already. But uh, I like where the poll is going. Uh, and like you mentioned, with the CIAA, they are beating each other up over there. Uh, I mean, it is, you know, a dogfight over there. But I was curious when we were talking a little bit about <laughs> NAIA teams and, and these Division II teams, especially CIAA and SIAC, if there was a matchup with the top teams over there in NAIA, uh, be it Langston or Tougaloo, how would they match up with those CIAA teams? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think they would match up just fine in a lot of ways. It's one of those things to be interesting to see if kind of like preseason. In the past, you used to see a couple of matchups from SIAC teams mm. playing from both coast athletics preseason. Yeah, and then you have the tournament down there, uh, Virgin Islands, where you could see some of those matchups. And Drew, what were you going to say? Another place where you might see some of those matchups? No, I was saying we, uh, when I was at Tuskegee, we used to play Talladega uh, in an exhibition okay. game every season. So, uh, you know, that was that was always – and, you know, Talladega beat us a couple of times in those exhibition games. You know, they had they had some players. Uh, Jackson State. Yeah, so it's, it's not uncommon to see a – See, uh, uh, in a in a IA program, beat a Division two team, and, and and let's forget, I've seen some NAIAs meet some lower Division one teams because they get a lot of those D one mm -hmm. transfers to go in there along with it. Some kids who uh, academically couldn't make it at an NCAA institution just just because they just because they weren't able to handle some business academically don't mean they can't play ball. They can still put that rock in the hole. Oh yeah. In fact, um, I, it's been a little while, but uh, we've seen the cases where, where NAI programs would be uh, a couple of SWAC teams. We hadn't seen it of late. I, I don't know if the update in terms of coaches and players have made it a little challenging. You still see a couple of matches between NIA programs and the SWAC programs, uh, but their ability to play with them over the years hasn't been there. Obviously, that hasn't necessarily been uh, those Langston Tougaloo type teams uh, that are at the top of the milk, mm. if you would, which may make a difference as well. So it'll be fascinating to see what that looks like. Let me go to you, uh, AD Drew, and get your thoughts on the top five. I'll uh, get my thoughts, but I do have a question for Charles at the end of it. So, uh, sure. But, all right, Dr. Cavill, the CIA, CIAA give it and the CIAA take it away. Now the CIAA has kicked the SIAC <laughs> out on the men's side of the polls. <laughs> And I'm going to justify why possibly Miles, and, and yes, I said it, even though I'm a Tuskegee grad, Miles should be in this poll 
somewhere and you know we need to consider either Claflin or Virginia State dropping out because if I put somebody in I got to take somebody out Miles defensively the only team in mm. the SIAC mm. who's giving up less than 60 points per game Dr. Kabir they lock you down they will they will lock you down they lock it down they, they have a, they, they have a really good coach there's yeah. no question about what they can do on the coaching side. They can go X and O. No doubt. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really trying – I'm really throwing my two cents like in that Miles should be in there. And just like in football, Dr. Gaville, defense travels. You know, everybody's rims are as friendly to your ball going in. But if I can lock you down, whether I'm at home or I'm away, I've got a chance to beat you. And – if it comes out the stretch and you got Coach Fred Watson over there with the clipboard in his hand, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on Watson more times than not. So just wanted to throw that in. I think Miles should be there. But but Charles, here's my question for you. Mm. With Coach uh Billups re- retiring this year, is I think he's still there as part of the program, but he's not the head coach anymore. You know, right, Eric Struthers is there now. Right, you kind of have expected a little bit of a drop off with Tougaloo, but Tougaloo is the same, if not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no drop off with the with the change in, in coaches. You got any comments about that? Well, I'll say this: Eric Struthers is one tremendous coach. We've seen him in the swag mm-hmm. for in many, many years. He's one of the top assistant coaches uh, at Jackson State for quite some time, and he went up the Valley uh, uh, for some time, but. Uh, he has always been one of those names that has been around a lot of head coaching searches. So he is a, a quality X's and O's coach, uh, and he has that team performing at a tremendous level. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch Tugu going down the stretch. But, I mean, he has some guys over there that can score. When you take a look at statistically, uh, they're one of the top teams, uh, especially with regards to scoring the basketball. Uh, you see them uh, uh, number one in quite a few offensive categories. So, And then, uh, like you mentioned, Fred Watson, you trust him with the clipboard in his hand. I trust that same guy with Eric Struggles. He's a tremendous coach. Good stuff. Great question. Great follow-up. Uh, man, getting into some uh, mid-major talk here. You can't get this everywhere in terms of the basketball world. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll give you some big matchups to watch this weekend. We'll, we'll talk about it both on the mid-major side as well as the major division side, women's and men. We'll ask these gentlemen who do they have their eyes on this week, whether it's a team or a player. Uh, we'll be right back to tell you what that looks like. Stick with us after this last break. We're coming back to the fourth quarter. Uh, it's buckets time. It's time to either turn it up on the defense uh, we might have a buzzer beater too. We'll see. Uh, won't take you to overtime tonight, but stick with us because sometimes it does happen. You see, Neely. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. 
This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Professor Drew, Professor Bishop. Let me give you some, some updates. We do have some games on the target for tonight. We have Eastern Illinois at Tennessee State. Uh, Tennessee State, the Lady Tigers find themselves behind just before the end of the third quarter, exactly with 12 seconds to go. They trail by seven, 46 to 39. When you talk about that, and then you have Hampton that is losing on the road to William and Mary, 32 to 21 at the half. As we see, we have some of those folks that jump in here. We see, I see Neely has snuck into the back of the class. Appreciate you attending the class today, Neely, but uh, uh, I still need my homework at the front. <laughs> Neely, uh, just because you slid in here uh, doesn't mean you're going to slide. No, we appreciate the support on Sirius. Lonnie Shaw out there, get it done. Lennon Lyle, yeah, shout out to Norfolk State, man. Playing some good basketball on both the men's and women's side. The women's are really dominating. The men had the shock of the week. We get to see if they bounce back, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I want to shout you out. Uh, Brandon King is in the building talking about those Tennessee State Tigers uh, doing great work, writing uh, all the good stuff out there. Belinda Johnson, uh, shout out to Fist Gymnastics, no doubt about it. Good looking out, making sure you get that in there. Wendy Jenkins, making sure she's showing love to the Rust Bearcats. I see you, Wendy. Uh, go Bearcats. <laughs> that being said, I want to thank all those listeners shouting out, giving us some love with that. Let me get into it. Go to you, Drew, for your uh, matchups. In terms of CIAASIEC, uh, what stands out? What two or three games, whether it's men's or women's, that you want to keep your eyes on? I think one of them I know uh, that you kind of teased us with earlier that uh, you got to make sure that you, uh, if you can't be in the building, find a way to check out the game. Big time robbery there. Where are you going, AD Drew, this weekend? What are your thoughts in terms of where we should keep our eyes on matchups? First of all, where am I going? Once again, I will be in Atlanta at uh, Forbes Arena for the Battle of the AU. So Dr. Cavill, speaking of the Battle of the AU, I need the people in the SWAC office to pay attention to these matchups in the SIAC on Saturday. Saturday, once again, this is on a Saturday. This is not a Monday night. This is not a Thursday night. You have Albany State Fort Valley, Miles mm. Tuskegee, Clark, Morehouse, Edward Waters, Savannah State, Benedict Allen, Lane, Lamont. Rivalry Saturday in the SIAC. Rivalry Saturday in the SIAC. I'm going to say it again. Rivalry Saturday in the SIAC. You cannot get any better than that when it comes to Basketball. That means whichever school you follow, you are playing your rival this Saturday. One day, hey, I'm just saying, I think it's going to be a good revenue day for the uh, SIAC. Uh, switching over to the CIAA, a uh, couple interesting matchups, Shaw, Lincoln, especially on, uh, especially on the women's side. Here, here's one on the women's side you want to look at. Fayetteville, Winston-Salem on the women's side. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, definitely on the women's side. Good I mean, it's going to be a good matchup on the men's side, but, but uh, it's definitely going to be a good matchup on the uh, on the women's side. I'm going to let Charles talk about some uh, talk about some D1s, and I'm going to come back with some NAIAs for you, Dr. Cavill. Sounds good. Charles, with that being said, you're on deck. Uh-uh-uh. Do are we waving you coming to game substitution patterns going on there? What do yeah, you got? Yeah, where are your eyes I'm checking, you looking on in terms of the division one playing time? I'm I'm checking in. I'm checking in all because I think the huge one Monday. Behold the green and gold, Norfolk State and Morgan <laughs> State. They get it on on the men's side. That's gonna I had my eyes on that one too. Uh, 
Yeah, looking forward to that. But you know, not to be outdone, you know, they they uh, Norfolk State has to get through Coppin State first. So I think that's that's gonna be a good one Saturday. But Monday night, my eyes are fixated on that one to see what's gonna happen with Norfolk State and Morgan State. That you're talking about two of the top teams uh in the MEAC going at it this Monday night. On the uh and on the women's side as well, Norfolk State and Morgan State, uh uh that that Monday. I think that's gonna be a great one as well. On the women's side of the swag. Yeah, doubleheader on, on the MEAC. On the women's side in the sweat, Prairie View. It's the Alabama swing this weekend as they go to Alabama State and Alabama AM. Prairie View leading the SWAC at five and one. Huge upset, uh, uh, upset of the Jackson State women uh, this past weekend. So Prairie View, now they go on the road to take on the Alabama school. So those are going to be some great matchups because when you take a look at it, one game separates Prairie View from a bunch of teams in the SWAC. Prairie View 5-1, Jackson State Southern, Alabama a and Bethune-Cookman at 4-1. Not to be outdone, Jackson State and uh, um, and Bethune-Cookman on HBCU Go Saturday. That's going to be a great one when you take a look at uh, the Jackson State women. We saw how they reacted after they lost Prairie View. They took it out on Texas Southern. Let's see what they do this weekend against Bethune-Cookman, one of the surprising upstarts on the women's side uh, with regards to basketball. And then Southern. On the men's side, they take on UAPB. You're talking about this Southern team. They are undefeated in swag play. Going up against Arkansas Pine Bluff, number one scorer in the swag, Sean Doss, for Arkansas Pine Bluff. And they got some guys coming off the bench that can fill it up. Going to be a good one. Oh, good matchup. Man, you got my mouth of watering in terms of matchups. Uh, uh, AD Drew got us going with the Division II program. The CIAA. SIC got it down when you talk about rivalry weekend. I don't know which way to turn in terms of those matches, but I sure gonna keep them up. And you're right, somebody gonna make some money this weekend because yeah. people will be in the building cheering on your teams, and then you slide over there to the Miak and Sweat. Boy, you talking about that matchup on Monday night in terms of what you're talking about. And Monday night is always a tough one for the road home team in terms That's of slipping things night. up. So to be in the house of hard <laughs> This, this is a good one in terms of can somebody separate themselves and make a statement uh, that night. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I want to shout out to Barry Williams, uh, Emma Price, uh, representing Emma Price down at the corner beach, showing us love. Uh, wanted to make sure Barry Williams always getting in good dialogue, great points he's making uh, coming in here in terms of what's going on. Leonard uh, says, I have a question for everyone. What cities do you think should put in a bid for the 26 uh, CIAA tournament. I know one that I've always talked about. In fact, Charlotte will definitely put in a bid. They should, and hopefully they'll do right and understand what they lost. Um, a lot of way in North Carolina, the way they love their basketball, certainly can understand it going back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also, one that I've always said this, and I know folks that are traditionalists will uh, bump their head on this. I, if I was Atlanta, if I was Atlanta, I would get in the business of trying to uh, bring in a CIAA uh, in regards like that. Is this New York a similar framework? I was going to say New York. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, no. MSG New York necessarily would be too far. I like MSG? that. I like that. I like that. Or at uh, uh, yeah, MSG. Uh, or in Brooklyn. Ooh, ooh. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. I like. I like the New York thought process. It's similar to what you see the Big Ten, uh, ACC, as they yeah. tried to get in that major media market, if you would, um, in terms of that. So I certainly could see New York uh, uh, talking about how you do that. You know, ACC, obviously, the basketball country is Charlotte. In a lot of ways, they'll do Greensboro, um, and they rotate it, and they stay in that area, but they'll jump out every four or five years, and they'll go up into New York. Uh, to try to make sure they get their destination, to be able to recruit in that area, take advantage of the media platforms, and they have a lot of alums that are in that area. So they take advantage of making sure those alums, and oftentimes the money-making alums live in New York in those areas, so you get a chance to kind of mm. touch on it a lot of ways. And obviously the corporate sector is big down there, and I would say the same way that you look at New York, you do that for Atlanta, particularly when you talk about black enterprise. Uh, in what that looks like. And so that's why I say you also want to look at that. And I know this is different for a lot of folks. So we're so custom and familiar that you stay within your region. And I'm not saying that you make New York 
um, or make Atlanta a destination that you even do for a long period of time, but you do it almost as an anniversary type uh, significant or a year before a big anniversary type date, and you get in that market maybe once every four or five years um, just to displace yourself and put yourself in a new media market so you can continue to grow your institutions in terms of making sure they're in different marketplaces. So uh, great points made by both of y'all. Great question uh, by uh, asking that, and I appreciate you putting that on the table. With that being said, AD Drew, as we're up against it, but I want to make sure we get some love for the NIA. I think there was a game or two that you wanted to make sure that we got out there and told people to keep their eyes on. As you see in the poll rankings, these NIA programs are doing really well. What's your thoughts in terms of some matchups to keep your eyes on this weekend? You know, we were talking about uh, D2, NAIA's defeating D2s. Tougaloo defeated Lamar Owen last night, 76-70. So, uh, yeah, D2s can't defeat <laughs> uh, NAIA's. Uh, how, how about this battle tonight, Dr. Kavir? Dylan and Xavier tonight. Yeah. yeah so. And GCAC has a, That's a good round. one. Unfortunately, they didn't get your message in terms of Saturday. No, yeah, but <laughs> they're, they're not, not in the same same conference. They're not right. in the conference, so we'll give them a little. And, and with another GCAC roundup going on this weekend, you know, uh, you, you've got Rust and Wiley. That's going to be a good one on the women's side. Wiley's women are, is doing Ooh, uh, fairly, yeah. fairly good on the women's side. Uh, that is that's Friday. That's tomorrow. Looking at some of the other good matchups that are going to occur in the uh, roundup this weekend. How about Saturday? Tougaloo with Philander in uh, in basketball on the women's side. Fisk and Russ. You know, Fisk doing a little something. Russ number one. Fisk. If, if Fisk beats Russ, Fisk is going to be receiving some votes in your poll next week. I just wanted to let you know that, Doctor Kavir. Uh, I agree with. You. I agree those, with. You. And on the men's Charles side, be like not so fast. Yeah, and on the men's side, Monday night, uh, Charles Tugaloo and Dylan on the men's side. You know, uh, these teams have that's a combined good. two two losses right now, so that's going to be another good one on the GCAC. One in the Red River, I've uh, got a one HBCU matchup in the Red River this weekend. Paul Quinn takes on Jarvis, and that is on Saturday at four o'clock Central Time. So that that comes that uh, game? your big. Uh, Jarvis, is that Jarvis? Nice, nice. Out of the Dallas market, Paul Quinn, boy. If yes. they can uh, continue to push forward, uh, they're in a, a nice market themselves. As we close up, let me give some love to Sarah, Sarah Beverly. Anthony Weston says, "Greeting everyone in Gold, Alabama, and in Bulldog." Uh, Silas Edward McMorris is in the building as well. Edwin D. Moore uh, showing his love. Chuck Hunt always. Doing what he does and when Dinkins Bishops make sure that everybody knows Russ Lady Bearcats will handle business. I know that's right. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends or colleagues. I am Dr. Niyata Kavil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Oftentimes we have AD Drew making sure we all get you, get it done and getting you all the meat, you know. 25th anniversary, make sure you get prepared. Uh, go to the website and check us out so you can help support us so we can continue to bring you this great uh, updates and news. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HCC Sports Lab with Mike Wash and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to uh, next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Make sure you download my JBN, my BCSN. Follow me, Dr. Nyata Cavill. On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. You know what to do. Like, share, dream, dig, and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Drew? Lecture. Dismiss. Holla. Hello.